Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Short Thing today. We are here. We said we'd be back Tuesday, but you know what? So much to talk about from the weekend of the NFL. Start, we do it a day earlier. Warren and Ryan here with you. Uh, we'll obviously be talking about the NFL playoffs. The weekend, lots to talk about there. And, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday with picks for the divisional round. Check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio app as well. And you can check us out on anchor.fm too. Ryan, how's it going? It's going well, man. Like you said, a lot of stuff to talk about from the weekend. Uh, a lot of good football, a lot of bad football, a lot of bad football that turned into good entertainment that wasn't necessarily good football. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. A lot of a lot of an action-packed weekend, as they say. I thought you'd be coming in here gloating. About? Didn't you pick Hideki Matsuyama? I did, yeah. Well, I mean, I figured we'd get into that, but yeah, I did. Yeah, Hideki <laughs> was on the... Uh, was on the card this weekend and he ends up winning it. So that was great. He was the only one of my top tens to finish in the top 10. He did finish one. Uh, so, you know, I guess that kind of balances it out, but yeah, no, he, uh, he, uh, took it home for your boy. Your boy's been a little hot lately. I'll tell you what, um, meant to mention this on Thursday cause that's our gambling show, but I'll go ahead and mention it now. Um, some, sometime a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe two weeks ago by this point, uh, found five dollars in in the parking lot. Just found five dollars. Looked around, didn't see anybody. Okay, my lucky day. Kept that five bucks in my wallet. I really, you know, hardly ever pay cash for anything, and not, you know, very rarely am I just spending five bucks on something. So I ran into a gas station, saw the scratchers staring me off and staring me in the face. I was like, hey, let me get that five dollar scratcher right there. Lay down the five, scratch it off. 50 bucks nice <laughs> so your boy is hot right now so i'm going to vegas at the end of the month i'm going to take that 50 i'm going to see if the good luck can can, can continue you know found the five dollars won the 50 bucks let's see how far we can stretch this or see if it'll just disappear that's good that's good i w- i did the mistake of i was on a heater took some money out of the account mm-hmm. and then we had that we went cold <laughs> you had to, you had to reload it <laughs> we had to go put the same put some money take some of the winnings out but hey you know what that, that's your you, you're still up. Yeah, 100%. So, that's, that's free money. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, that's free yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, I and I never usually take out or whatever. But I was like, oh, we're up a lot. Why only? Why don't we take some out here? And that was, I don't know, not a bad strategy. But uh, that's, it's the ebbs and flows. Yeah. Of that. All right. Um, also, the, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but the Mats, so Matsuyama won a playoff. I just saw the last green and then watch the playoff he hit this three wood from like 270 to like three feet it was incredible mm-hmm. so go check out that shot it was a remarkable shot all right playoffs we'll start with the dallas game probably tied with the with the Bengals for most entertaining game of the weekend Oof, i don't might be, i don't know i think it's number one the cowboys game yeah why because how it finished because i thought yeah, from, exactly okay because the electricity and the and the uh, the just you want to talk about ebbs and flows, the ups and downs. Living with a cowboy fan, who I got a great picture of her sitting like stressed out, sitting on the floor watching the game. Uh, I maybe like I said, maybe I was a little too close to the action, or maybe that's just where I need to be. You know, not rooting for the Cowboys, not rooting for the 49ers, but just seeing it uh, impact cowboy fans. I'm telling you that that Cowboys fan or that Cowboys game was probably number one, most entertaining this weekend. I was, I was at a, uh, you could say a gathering with a bunch of cowboy fans, uh-huh. um, watching the game and yeah, I guess. But the thing about the, the thing about the game is like, they didn't deserve to have a chance at the end. Oh, like 100%. they were thoroughly 
they were like thoroughly outplayed for three quarters and dominated the whole the whole the whole time they were down they couldn't move the ball like that's why i would say there was no back and forth in the game until like the the end i guess i don't know um that's why yeah i'm obviously it's entertaining because you're watching your wife freak out about the cowboys um i i think if you're a neutral though you're probably just like this is surprising that the cowboys are moving the ball a little bit better and things along that. But then in the fourth quarter, when, when Garoppolo threw the pick, um, things started to change and everything. And it was funny. One of the TVs where we are, so he has an outdoor and an indoor TV. And the outdoor TV was literally like a second and a half ahead of the indoor TV. And I was indoors when the pick happened and people out there yelling, go, go, go. And I was, and we were like, Oh, what happened? And then with the pick. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but I mean, there's so much to start off with a lot. There, I mean, there's so much that happened in the game. The defense was horrid in the first half. I actually give credit to the defense in the second half. They picked it up and played a lot better. Like, they were getting, they still got ran over a bunch, but they they were holding them to field goals. The only touchdown they let up was after the, after the Dak pick, which was a bad, bad interception. But I thought the defense in the second half was played pretty well. The first half, they were just pretty... Pretty poor there. I mean, there's so much to there's so much to outside of the game of this stadium being another issue with the with Cedric Wilson and getting blinded and not being he's wearing a helmet and he's scared of a uh, 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 football's gonna hit him in the head when he's got a helmet like just natural instincts take over the stadium the punt we haven't had a punt hit the hit the scoreboard in what ten years eleven years like that's a non-story now a punt hits the scoreboard. Just so much going on just around the just the disaster that that stadium is. There's so much to talk about in that game. Yeah, no, it was like you said, there were that's that exact that's what I mean. Like the punt hitting the scoreboard, like people forget about that now because of everything else that was going on. Obviously, everyone on Twitter had this was a great Twitter game. Uh, you know, it was a good Twitter it, game. It, Watching the action, following along on Twitter, fantastic Twitter game. Uh, but like, like you said, the Cedric Wilson uh, pass that that wasn't. Um, but getting back to to the actual game, you're right about the Cowboys defense picking up in the second half. There was quite a few opportunities for turnovers, a lot of batted balls up in the air. Uh, you know, they were finally getting after uh, Jimmy G a little bit, trying to make a move, and uh, you could tell he wasn't <clears throat> super comfortable back there in the pocket uh, that second half, cause they were getting pressure on him. And then, you know, like I said, uh, getting hands up in the air, batting balls down. There's a couple times they probably could have had maybe another pick, maybe even two in that second half, uh, that really would have changed this game. But, uh, this moral of the story or, or, or really the story of it is, is that, uh, 49ers running game. And that's what we, you know, coming into it, we, we, we said, you know, just be on the lookout for that Eli Mitchell Debo really didn't matter who it was back there. It was mainly those two guys, uh, running the ball, but it just, it seemed like, Every second down, because a lot of those first down runs that uh, 49ers had really weren't going a whole lot of places. But second down runs for 10 yards, Eli Mitchell's ripping off. It seemed like he was doing that over and over and over again. Uh, obviously, Debo, the touchdown run was fantastic, cutting across field and, and just running away from guys. Um, it was, uh, you know, very entertaining. And the the offense did look very good for the 49ers. Like I said, they kind of stalled out a couple times. Luckily, Robbie Gold is is almost as good as he's ever been in, in putting the ball through the uprights, uh, even this late in his career. Um, but also on the flip side of that, the, the Cowboys offense just never really got going. 
um Zeke was bad and now he's saying he was playing on a torn PCL which I believe you know we'd said he's been injured all season but you know it's just kind of a kind of a tough spot to bring it up uh, you know after you lose a playoff game um obviously the deep bomb to Cedric Wilson that wasn't when it looked like maybe he had some time to adjust try to ball bounce off his hands there's a ton of opportunities like you said the Cowboys had maybe they shouldn't have had those opportunities but credit to them for sticking around long enough and, uh, you know, forcing the issue enough to be able to bring it down to that last final drive where everyone's talking about the obviously the the, the run uh, with 14 seconds left. But you rewind about 45 seconds to when they had a minute and they had three timeouts and, and good old Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy fashion fumbles the uh, the bag when it comes to managing the clock. You have three timeouts and there's less than a minute left. Then they let about. I think we counted as about 25 seconds run off the clock between that one minute slot and then the 35 second slot. Um, but uh, it was, it was, it was, they unreal. didn't have any timeouts when they got the ball back at the end of the game. Okay. Maybe, maybe it was the drive before that. You know what? It must've been the drive before that. I'm getting it confused. It was the drive before that when, you know, when uh, San Francisco had to punt after having fourth and short and then getting the false start with Trent Williams. But That's they didn't have any timeouts left after that because Correct. they used... no, no, it was the drive before that. Oh, okay. Okay. Because they used their two timeouts, and then Randy Gregory decides, "Hey, I'm going to tackle an offensive tackle, lineman," yeah. and and instead of third and nine, it's first down, and they get the ball with 30 seconds left. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. But look, there's 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 more, way more things on McCarthy that you could go into. I didn't think that the timeouts management was that bad yesterday. I guess I thought. I didn't think that that was a place where there were a lot of there were a lot of issues out there. There were some issues on going for it on fourth down that I thought, especially late in the third quarter, that he should have done. Um, what like I think at their own like thirty-five or thirty-eight yard line, and then then when he brings out the old, uh, <laughs> I if there was ever a fake punt that was going to be a fake punt, it was the one. It should have been the do-over. Which one the duo? Oh well, yeah. But then they fake punt. Yeah, I agree. They should have when they they that would have been a great time for a fake punt. But then when you when you you're only gonna get when they bring out the punting team when they actually run the fake punt. Like how does that 49ers gunner not know that they're gonna fake it? Yeah. If you look at the 49ers punt coverage, they all stand up. They don't even rush the punter because they know it's gonna be a fake or they're protecting the run. And they get the gunner going and he's wide open. Like that's the perfect. Everybody knows you're going to fake it because you know you should be going for it. And also, so then after that play, I was listening to the ticket earlier this morning, and and one of the hosts said that he has it on good authority. So maybe it's like Bones Fossil, I don't know, coaching, but obviously someone's in the Cowboys organization that they were going to run another play with the same punting unit out there. Like maybe like a direct snap run with Jaquan Hardy or something. But he said he had it on good authority that they were going to run another play with that same unit on the field. But the so many Cowboys players ran on the field from the bench afterwards, after that play celebrating, that the ref thought they were making a substitution. So that's why he went to the went to the ball and held up the ball, but they didn't actually substitute. So then that's why they brought the um that's why they brought the offense back on the field and had that delay a game penalty. Um, so that, I, cause it d- didn't seem like they were actually going to run another play. Like 
That makes more sense, I think. Hey, hearing yeah, that no, now. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was. Uh, that's why I was confused. Like when they lined up for it, you know what I mean? Or it took the delay, the delay game. Like it wasn't even a, like a fake delay of game where you're trying to make somebody uh, jump off sides. Yeah. No, but it looked like they were going to run a play out there. Yeah. Um, so, but no, that's the fake. That the that was the story of the fake punt there, but the and then the the overriding thing. So we've talked about the run defense so far. Even though they shorted up in the second half, it, it was the, I mean that first drive. The first drive was hot knife through butter. I mean it couldn't have been an easier drive for the 49ers. The overarching thing from the whole team is they've been the most penalized team the entire season, most penalty yardage. And then yesterday they have 14 penalties, six pre-snap penalties. And the most amazing thing is they didn't get called for a pass interference penalty the entire game. Like all of those penalties, via their holding, uh, like I've like, they got their money's worth on the 14 penalties. Like, I don't think there's any of those that you go back and watch. And you're like, you know what? That's a ticky tack call there. hundred percent agree. There were, it wasn't like the Raiders game on Thanksgiving when they had those pass interferences that were ticky-tack or there were ticky-tack calls. I mean, Randy Gregory, as we just said, tackled an offensive pulling guard. The hands to the face on third and 12, whatever it was. Uh, Odiggy Zua almost ripped out, pretty much had Alex Mack's helmet off the— uh, Almost took off, his head off. Off his head, off his head. So, like, those are just blatant, blatant penalties— um yesterday so like i know people are mad at the ref for like having to spot the ball or whatever at the end of the game and they're throwing trash at him which i mean crazy move also shout out to marcus lawrence for swatting that can away with his helmet you saw the video right i did see yeah what a what a reactionary move by demarcus lawrence um to swat that away but, like, the refs weren't the issue. Like, those were legitimate penalties. And the 49ers also had nine penalties called up, called against them. So it wasn't like, wow, one team's got 14 against them, and the Niners had, like, two penalties. They had nine penalties against them themselves, too. So just, like, I always don't know. Like, people say, oh, you have, you're the most penalized team in the league. You're just – that's bad coaching. You're, on, you're an undisciplined team. And, like, I want to push back on that and say – Mike McCarthy isn't telling his players, hey, you know what? We're going to make, don't make sure you're, you're lined up correctly. We want illegal formations. We want illegal shifts. Like he's not telling Randy Gregory to tackle an offensive lineman. He's not, he's saying, hey, you know what? Don't worry if you go hands to the face. They're like, at some point it's off the coaches and the players have to know that they cannot do those things. And yeah, I guess you could say, well, the coaches have to teach those players. These guys have been playing football for 18 years of their life. Like they know the rules. They should know better. They're adults. Okay. They know the rules of the game. So I'm always just like when they're actual game penalties, like during the game, not the pre-snap stuff. It's like, how can you blame a coach for that? Like he's clearly frustrated that they're not doing the execution or their, the technique that they do. Like how, how can that be on, on a coach? Especially like the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, lining up in the neutral zone. Uh, penalties first play I mean, of the game. Yeah. First and, play of the game, Randy Gregory's in the neutral zone. Like they don't need to do it yet. again. Uh, oh. you know, later in the game, that's the stuff that 
uh, you know, you want to talk about now, look, I'm not going to insult Randy Gregory, but it's like, you got to use your head a little bit. And, you know, we've seen this guy make questionable decisions before, but it's like, I mean, come on, buddy. What are you first play of the game? Whatever. Maybe some playoff jitters. I get it. It's fine. But then after that, you better make damn well sure that you are lined up where you need to be every single time. And the fact that it happened multiple times was just mind boggling. Um, but yeah, like, I was having the same conversation, you know, people want to say, oh, the refs got involved as a ref show as a ref show. If you look at all of those penalties, they were all correctly called, and it was never one way or the other. Like, I, they probably could have let that go. They could probably could have let that go. Numerous times that happened. Numerous times on running plays that San Francisco was running offensively, Dallas was getting uh, defensive holding and things like that. It was just it was it was wild to see uh, a team perform that way uh, and make those bonehead decisions, those boneheaded penalties in in a, a big playoff game like this. Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, there obviously there are a couple calls that like there's a couple holds that the Niners could have got called that they didn't. But I mean, that's going to happen every that's going to happen every week. And then McCarthy afterwards in the, in the press conference goes, oh, I thought they were going to let us play today. Well, Mike, like, come on. Some of the stuff like what are you doing? Like, what are you what are you saying that for? I just thought that was pretty, pretty alarming. I will say Jerry in the post game, He. I mean, he's, he says this every year when they lose in the playoffs. Oh, it's the most disappointing loss since I don't know when. Look, whatever. I don't take that with the grain of salt. But he also said that, like, this is probably the most realist thing that I think I've ever heard Jerry say in one of these after the uh, playoff, after a playoff loss. He goes, we, he, he, he admitted they were thoroughly outplayed and the fact that we even had a chance at the end of the game was was surprising. And he goes, I'm not, that's not, whatever the ref did with the umpire, he goes, that's not, that's not even a, he goes, that's not even a talking point because the fact that we even had a chance when we were dominated for the entire game and we probably shouldn't have had a chance to win. I'm paraphrasing. But like that's <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Jerry be like that honest about a about a game. And it was it was quite surprising for me to hear. Probably. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. That's a little I, I didn't hear that quote. and I didn't see it. But that's uh, that's refreshing from old Jera uh, yeah. to, to, you know, say it how it is. And, uh, you know, Everything Jerry says in the post game or or pre game or you know during the week press conferences, you always got to wonder if there's a little bit of posturing going on or you know the, if he's he you know he never says anything without a plan. So I'm wondering if he kind of says that uh, you know backhanded compliment, I guess, kind of the coaches like, hey, we got you know like you said, we got thoroughly outplayed, but we still had a shot. So you know maybe he's trying to keep his coaching staff together a little bit more, who know, or a little bit longer, who knows. Maybe, 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 but uh, I thought that was surprising because normally he—I don't think he's ever said that we've been just thoroughly outplayed. I guess I—I um, I don't know. But the other thing too, I mean, lots of things. Let's go back to Zeke. So, and you said that it's kind of—I don't know. What'd you say? It was kind of a bad move to say that he had the partial, partially torn PCL or whatever MCL, whatever it was. Well, that's like, like I said. It—you uh, know—everyone kind of knew that. Zeke wasn't a hundred percent that he wasn't playing well, but it's a tough time to bring it up after you get, you know, thoroughly dominated contrary to what the scoreboard might say. And, um, it's, uh, like I said, it's just, it's just a tough time to bring it up. Like it should have been known ahead of time. Maybe like, Oh, Hey, Zeke's playing on partially torn ACL or a fully torn PCL. And that's why he hasn't been playing well. Um, but at the same time, like what, like him playing 
wasn't helping the team at all. It might have been hurting the team. If Tony Pollard was getting more run, that probably would have put the Cowboys in a lot better position uh, uh, going into the playoffs, you know, throughout the season. So I don't, I don't understand the reasoning behind him playing. Like I get it, guys wanting to to grind it out for for the rest of the team and play. But at the, at some point, when we saw it in the Buccaneers game when Tristan uh, Tristan Wirfs went out and then came back in on that bad ankle, like. Yeah, he was able to go, but was it really for the betterment of the team? If it's not, then you know what? Let's get the next guy up, and especially as good as Tony Pollard's been playing all season long. Yeah, and I, I will say, like, the whole thing about him coming out after the game and saying he's got the PCL thing, how many times, do, every athlete that's hurt, whenever the season's over, they say, hey, I've got this injury. Like, I mean, that's pretty common. At least I think. Mm. I think you hear that a lot. You'll, you'll hear guys like, oh, he was battling with a shoulder injury that he didn't want to make public. Cause if the other team found out this and that, so, I mean, we all knew he was hurt. We were just wondering what it was. The bigger question is yes. Why did Tony Pollard not get more run, especially after when you rested him last week against the Eagles? Cause he was banged up. But if Zika is a partially as the partially torn PCL, which happened, I would have to say probably, I don't know, midway through the season. Why then in a meaningless game against the Eagles is the man getting 18 carries for 87 yards? Because the thousand yards means so much. Like, why is he out there on a partially torn ligament when the game means nothing? So you're just putting him out there to pad the stats. Like, why not get him a day of rest, get him a whole week of rest. And then, Hey, you know what? We need you fresh for the playoffs for the, for this game against the Niners or who, who or whoever we're going to play. That doesn't make any sense to me of just managing bodies. Let Corey Clement and Hardy and Edo Smith go out there and play against the Eagles. Like there was no need for Zeke to play against the Eagles other than because they wanted him to get a thousand yards rushing, which is then putting his personal stats ahead of the team. But I know you people could say, well, look at what um, the Bengals did with Jamar Chase and the Dolphins did with Waddle and like all these guys in week 18, those guys weren't hurt. Like all these guys that are Gronk, look what the Bucks did with Gronk. They had a more meaningful game, but those guys were not hurt to get their incentives. Zeke was hurt. So why is he out there trying to get a thousand yards against the Eagles? That now makes no sense to me. hundred percent, hundred percent agree. That's what I mean. Like, uh, you know, I get guys trying to grind it out or trying to hit incentive bonuses and things like that, which that's a huge deal. Um, you know, but if, if you're just playing to hit incentive bonuses then fine, yeah, go ahead, go out there and grind it out. But if you're playing to try to, you know, win and accomplish something in this league a little bit more then I think, you know, the smarter thing would have been for the coaching staff and for Zeke to, uh, to sit her down and, and either a rest up or just shut her down and, and get healthy for, for a run at it next season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think he was shutting it down with the run for next season. The way he was, if he was toughing it out this much, he wasn't going to. He wasn't going to I mean, he's already down. got paid as much as he's going to like, yeah, yeah like sure. He, like maybe there is another contract waiting for him, but like, you're, you're not going to get paid more than what you're getting paid right now. No, but it's not about the contract. It's when it, it now turns into those guys competing, like they're competitors and he'll probably, yeah, no, I, I get that. But like, I played on this injury for so like, long. I'm not going to miss a playoff game. I mean that. Yeah. But like, as a competitor, like as a competitor, you want to win or, you know, you, and if, if it's like, well, I only want to win if I'm the one doing it then your head's probably in the wrong spot. But if it's like, I'm a competitor, I want to win as a competitor who wants to win and is craving that win, you know, playoff run, Super Bowl run. 
it's probably best for me to, uh, to, you know, step aside here for, like I said, for maybe a week or two weeks, try to get a little bit healthier and let, let Tony Pollard cook a little bit. When I'm ready to go, I can go. Yeah, no, I, I just think that they should have sat him now against Eagles with that. Um, the bigger thing, and I was saying this earlier in this, in this, in the year, first of all, the offense ever since that Vikings Broncos stretch of games has not looked the same when Cooper rush played, they were fine. And then Dak's first game back, the Broncos, Vic Fangio's like, oh, we figured out what we did. It looks like then the rest of the NFL with a good defense f- figured out how to stop them. Because at home, I don't know if you knew this, but at home, they did not win a game at home scoring less than 33 points this year. They scored 33 against the Raiders, and the, but they lost that one. Every other game they won at home, they scored at least 33 points. So that was like their magic number. Obviously, they didn't get to that yesterday. Um, but I found that pretty amazing. But from the offensive standpoint, the offensive line, which was touted as, which I haven't thought the offensive line has been that great this year. And then even last year, there was there were some issues. But it's not the offensive line of when Dak first got in the league, like 2016, 2017. They have major issues on the offensive line that need to be addressed in the offseason. I thought Tyron, I've said it earlier this year, Tyron Smith probably should hang him up or the Cowboys should move on from him. He is bad. He is bad. He had a horrible game yesterday. Connor Williams is a free agent at the end of this year. He was atrocious. He's been bad for a long time, long time. I, but feel, that like, also I feel like, you know, almost since he's come in the league, we've been talking about him getting torched left and right. But that also says like how bad the, the, the depth is there. Like that they still have to roll him back. And then like Lyle Collins wasn't great yesterday. He had a bunch of penalties, but I'm, I'd be fine bringing him back, but you got a left tackle and a left guard that are just playing poorly. Like the offensive line is a major issue on this team now. And now it looks like Dak without a great offensive line is when the offensive line isn't playing great, that he struggles as a quarterback, like under pressure yesterday. I didn't think he was very good. Obviously he didn't have a lot of time. I think he's still a little worried about the foot and the ankle thing. Cause it seems like there were times when he could have ran for some yards that he didn't. I know he ran on the touchdown. He was wide open there. That was an easy decision. But it seemed like there were decisions when he could have got a couple more yards that he didn't that I think maybe last year or the year before he would have taken. But he is he has struggled when the offensive line play has been poor, and it was extremely, extremely poor yesterday, which we thought. But then also Nick Bosa gets hurt. So they're down their top rusher. And then Fred Warner gets hurt their top top two defensive guys. I just think there's a lot of questions on the defensive end or on the offensive line. Sorry. Offensive line, not defensive end. Yeah. 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 No, I know what you meant. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. And then, you know, as this being touted, like you said, as one of the top offensive lines, uh, they do have their struggles and they do have their issues. Um, obviously, uh, you know, losing some of the bigger name fellas that have been on along that top of that, along that offensive line for the last couple seasons, uh, kind of really showed through. And I think you, you have to, uh, address it. If you're the Cowboys, I mean, you're, 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 if you're the Cowboys, I feel like you're set offensively. You got Amari locked up. Obviously CD's playing on his rookie, uh, contract for a couple of years. Uh, Tony Pollard probably got, I think he's probably got two years left. Correct. And then the only guy Who? you really got to worry, uh, Pollard, uh, he might, I don't know. He he might have only next year left. I know. I know Gallup is up uh, at the end. Yep. Or Gallup is up now. So I think that's a guy that 
you know, you look at bringing back for sure. Cedric Wilson's been a great kind of uh, filling guy too. for. Oh, is he up as well? So yeah, so yeah. you got so you're looking at at some at some role players there, if you will. Uh, but it all starts with that offensive line and Dak being protected and being healthy 100% of the way through. So, yeah, you definitely got to make some adjustments there. The defense, I still think, needs some help as well. Uh, you know, we talk about Trevon Diggs being an uh, uh, interception machine, but he's also, you know, that dude has, has a tendency to be burnt toast a lot more times than not as well. So you still got to make some adjustments, I think, in that secondary for the Cowboys. But, you know, as bad as the NFC East is right now and as up and down as it is every year, uh, you know, the, they, they're probably still – the favorites going into next season uh, as it stands right now, but uh, you still got to make some, some changes and adjustments. If you have any Super Bowl admirations or even winning a playoff game, we'll start there. Uh, yeah, no, they're still definitely the favorites. I would say next year in the, in the division, they also, yes. And they do need things to sure up like Trayvon Diggs, maybe not try and get an interception every single play, maybe play cornerback and like not jump every single route. Uh, we could start there. I mean, he, every double move he bites on. Every, every double, double move. I mean, <laughs> like, if Jimmy if Jimmy G throws a good ball, Brandon Ayuk, what, is that a touchdown or he gets oh, 60 yeah, 100%, 100%. yards? Like, every, like, hey, you know what? You don't need to make a pick on every single play. Like, I we've talked about this before, and a lot of people have like, oh, why does pro football focus have Trayvon Diggs rated like 102nd out of 106th uh, defensive backs when he's got 11 interceptions? Watch the game yesterday, and he jumps on every single double move. They grade you out on a play-by-play basis, and on a play-by-play basis, when if you so he made eleven interceptions the whole season. How many? I've got a. I wonder how many snaps he played because he probably made an interception on what five percent of his snaps out there. Yeah. So then the other ninety-five of his snaps are um, him getting just just cooked. Like, obviously, you're going to get a poor rating. Um, I wish they had a total. So he played He played 100% of snaps in eight games, and the lowest he played was 70% of snaps against Carolina in week four. So other than that, he pretty much played 90% of the snaps on the season. So I'm going to guess he probably played... 500 snaps. I don't know. I, I just didn't really think about this until now how many snaps he played. But like that's that's the reason why he's so graded so poorly. Um, but uh, all right, a couple other things from the game. I don't know if you have this. How about so we talked about the 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 stadium and the sun and how that's a constant issue. And I mean, it's just why do you not put the curtain up for the game? I don't understand that. But how about I don't know if you noticed this, but. Leighton Van Der Esch's last name was misspelled on his jersey yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> How does that happen in a playoff game? What are they doing? What is yeah. going on? Yeah, he I actually know, played, I thought, funny. decently yesterday. Yeah, no, he did. He had a good game uh, for sure. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was you know, a funny sight. Again, another Twitter thing everyone was was sending around was the uh, was a misspelled jersey. I did see something else that was pretty funny about uh, the – this stadium and the sun issue. First of all, this game, even you know, rewind. This game should have been the primetime game. I felt like uh, because I mean, the Steelers had no shot of winning that game. wasn't even competitive, uh, and, you know. So I, I thought this should have been the primetime game to begin with. But either way, 
um, somebody was like, well, Jerry built the stadium the way he did because he wasn't expected to play games in January, which I thought was a little funny. Um, you know, when the sun will be hitting that spot where it is. But we've seen plenty of times but before that, that sun's in that spot. <laughs> the sun doesn't matter. It's a, it's a factor in September, October, November. Any game that's a factor there. No, 100% agree. 100% agree. But yeah, the uh, that's the, uh, the Vander Esch misspelling on there, the, the Jumbotron coming into play. And then the video that went viral pregame of everyone bull rushing their Ugh. standing room only seats or standing. You can't even call them standing room only seats or standing room only tickets uh, was a wild, wild scene uh, there. You couldn't pay me enough money to go to probably NFL, any NFL game, but especially one at Cowboy Stadium where I have to stand the entire time. You go to the bathroom once. And your spot's gone forever, gone forever. Unless you have somebody that's like standing there waiting and and uh, protecting your 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 spot that you're gonna stand in. It's just it's ridiculous. You couldn't pay me enough to do that. Okay, so I've done standing room only there once, but it was for the national championship game, so I don't know if that counts. Um, and I wasn't. I also didn't like rush right in at the beginning. I got my spot on the stairs, like one level up, like the yeah. first stair thing and sat and stood there. And there were like, a, like Ohio state people that were in the band there in 2002 that I was talking to. And like, there weren't really that many people standing behind us, but if someone had to go to the bathroom, like it was pretty much of like, Hey, we will make sure that you get your spot back. Now. See, I don't see, know. If, I respect that. That's, that's, I, I didn't mean to cut you off and you're probably going to say what I'm going to say. That's probably because it's more of a friendly environment than what was going on. I, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't know if that's, if it's that cordial for a cowboy game, yeah. like, especially if you're second level, like in the end zone, where I guess is considered the best, um, the best standing room only spot. But yeah, I don't, I, I wonder if there's some like, Hey, you know what? We, we are standing here an hour and a half before the game. Your legs are already hurting by the f end of the first quarter. Um, you got to go to the bathroom. You, you want to get some food. You want to do this. Like, there's a handshake agreement between us around us. Like, hey, you're good. Or if, like, the person behind you, you can take my spot. But when I come back, you're, you know that you're going to the back of the line. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder if I probably not thinking there's that camaraderie there but you never know people could surprise you um, no uh so when we go to the washington cowboy game we're we're in section 221 which is in the end zone the second level so the uh standing room only people are are probably about six or seven rows up behind us and yeah i'll tell you right now that that is far different from what's <laughs> going i mean I, I was watching videos yesterday of cowboy fans fighting each other literally right where right in the standing room only section yeah. Uh, behind, you know, on that second deck. So that's that's a definite uh, different environment, you know, national championship friendly confines of, of what's going on, you know, more cordial than what's going on at the Cowboys games. My favorite thing, by the way, too, is when I'm standing up cheering at, at, at a Washington game and the people in the standing room only seats tell me to sit down. My favorite oh. thing is to tell them, you <laughs> sit down. No, wait, wait, you sit down. That is my favorite thing. And then the look on their face of like, Oh shit, he kind of got me. That's my favorite thing, and I use it. It's it's one of the tricks in the bag every single time. Um, that's pretty funny. The other thing before we get off, we gotta talk about the woman crying oh. with four minutes to go in the game. How drunk was she? <laughs> I mean, okay, the other people that looked upset with like a minute to go, then you got the you got the 
boyfriend, girlfriend, maybe they were married. They're like just uh, consoling each other. But that was with um, like a minute to go and third and nine. Like, okay, I could see that. But the woman crying with four minutes to go, the Cowboys got the ball back twice. They had yeah. two more chances to win the game. <laughs> that, she knew. Well, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, she had probably started drinking at about 11 o'clock, and it was, uh, you know, she's probably going through all sorts of emotions and uh, ups and downs. But it was funny because, like, she's sitting there bawling. So you got to assume that she was crying because the Cowboys were losing because the other people around her were, like, unfazed and not even paying attention to what was going on. It was the funniest thing. She's just, like, sitting there having an emotional breakdown. I don't know, if, you know, in, in today's world of mental health comes first. I don't know if it's funny that we need to be laughing at it, but it was funny. It was a funny visual. And, uh, like I said, nobody even around her was even, like, trying to console her or even look like they realized that she was, that she was crying the way she was like, that wasn't like cry. Like that was like Kim Kardashian, ugly cry. And it was a wild card game. It wasn't, it was a wild card game with four minutes to go. It wasn't like the conference championship game or no tears to be shed after a, a wild card game. That's as good as it gets loss. for Cowboys fans, Warren. That's as good as it gets. Oh, I know. Well, okay. Some of us have made the second round of the playoffs before in the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm not one of those, so I'll defer to you. <laughs> Look, it's a rare victory lap I've been able to take. So, um, um, but uh, but yeah, all right, that's enough on that game. Look, other uh, look, I, I I didn't think the playoffs again were that entertaining this weekend. Look, I the Chiefs. Let's just go with the Sunday night. Oh, you said that you don't know why this 49ers uh, Cowboys game wasn't the uh, Sunday night game. Well, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Well, no, but so CBS pays the NFL $70 million for the 330 time slot on Sunday of wildcard weekend because that's the most watched. Um, that could be the most watched window of the NFL. So they pay $70 million for that window. So they get the best game. That's I mean, that, yeah, that, that that makes sense for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that, that, that hundred percent makes sure the funny thing too, I originally put the game on Nickelodeon and made Jamie watch the first quarter on Nickelodeon. <laughs> and she was like, are you kidding me? There's not another channel. This is on. I said, what other channel would it be on? And she's like, well, we were just watching Fox. Is it on CBS? And I was like, okay, fine. Since you, since you said the correct station, I'll put it back on CBS. But the entire first quarter was watched on the Nickelodeon on Nickelodeon, which was hilarious. Cause it was kind of driving her crazy. Yeah. I don't watch any of Nickelodeon. Um, but I saw some of the stuff that looks pretty wheels off there. Oh, 100%. Um, wheels up. But uh, Andrew Marshan from the New York Post, their media guy, that's why he he, he tweeted that out. I'll tell you they, what. I'll tell you what. Uh, Nate Washington and uh, um, Ian Eagle's kid. Uh, what's his Noah name? Noah Eagle. Noah Eagle. They do a pretty good job of, like, yeah. making it kid-friendly. Like, if you're a football fan or, like, an adult, obviously, that, that, that pro, that's uh, – broadcast wasn't meant for adults they do a pretty good job of like making it fun and and enjoyable for kids yeah um romo was uh, romo and nance were on yesterday romo, <laughs> i i was like romo is either he was hanging out at the white house the old 1990s cowboys white house before this or something that dude was going 90 miles a minute the entire broadcast now he's one that usually doesn't let the broadcast breathe or take a breath in between but i felt like he was like in rare form, like full throttle, full time, just like motor mouth. It was wild. They were they were jazzed up to be doing that game too yesterday because they knew they had no business doing it. Like they should have got the they should have got like the the Bills game or whatever because Fox or NBC should have got the Cowboys game. But they were jazzed up and Romo was. And Troy Aikman was salty. I'm sure you saw that clip. That <laughs> I was mean, funny. 
Would you are you, you blame Troy? No, 100. percent But that's why it's so <laughs> funny because even Joe, but like that was obviously something that they probably talked about off. Oh, air. for sure. And so when Troy brings it up on air and Joe Buck's reaction, he's like, you know, it's almost like, oh man, I can't believe you brought that up. But I thought it was hilarious. Well, because it's a thing too of Romo's golfing on Friday. Uh, he's golfing. He can golf in Dallas on Friday. He doesn't have to worry about travel. Troy's got to probably head out on Friday, maybe early Saturday morning. Stay, and he's got to travel back. Like it's just easy when the Cowboys are in the playoffs, and that's why they want those games. I mean, he was in Tampa. There's good. There's good golf in Tampa. I think. No, I know, I know, I know. But there's also like you just sometimes you don't want to travel. Oh, 100 percent. Um, even though he's flying a private jet, and was probably back at his house by five o'clock. Yeah. Um, but still, I know that was so funny. That was so funny. All right, other games. Let's start off with the Chiefs. Look, I. I was surprised. They they look sluggish. I would say thank you to Cam Hayward for forcing the fumble and getting the um, the stat padding overrated TJ Watt touchdown um, that woke up the Chiefs. Because after that, they just rattled off what thirty five in a row. Mm-hmm. The Steelers suck. Like I've been saying it all year. Like I said, I took a minus twenty. I love the game minus twelve and a half. Even added first half minus seven, which what a rush that was to hit. Um, but uh, the Steelers are horrible. The Chiefs look pretty good now. And then at the end, Roethlisberger, they were just letting him score or whatever. It was fitting that Roethlisberger's last pass was a – they called a timeout so he could try and throw a touchdown. He throws a, what, eight-yard short of the end zone and tries to run yeah. it in. Like, that's pretty pretty fitting for how the season went. But, um, yeah, the Steelers were, were god-awful. They they suck. They are so bad. I, I mean, I don't know who is it, who is it a testament to, Tom, that they made the playoffs, but – um, they're bad, and yeah, the Chiefs look uh, pretty good there. And I was glad I look. I was confident in that game. I, I'm glad I got that one right. Yeah, no, it's uh, did you did you you took the the minus twenty? Yeah, uh, spread. Yeah, that's that's a good call. I was sweating out, so I uh, obviously the um, you know, I, I was throwing out a couple of things, and, and obviously laying out too much juice uh for just the money line win. So I, I laid the thirteen and a half, and then I also took the uh. Uh, Chiefs t- winning the first half, and I was just like, I was, I had to sweat that one out. You know, we're yeah. in the second quarter, and it's seven seven, uh, and I was like, what are we, what are we doing here, Chiefs? And obviously, they they score a quick fourteen to make it twenty one seven going in the half, uh, and then the uh, the the uh, team total over twenty nine again. Set first half, I'm sweating that out, and then you know we were we were easy money after that, but uh, they made it interesting for the first what. 17 minutes, 18 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, uh, and then uh, just kind of ran away with it. Then they were just clowning uh, the Steelers. Them. I mean, you have the Travis Kelsey touchdown pass. You have Tyreek Hill going and pulling the the uh, T.O., getting the cheerleader pom-poms and doing a little dance over on the sidelines after he scores. So, yeah, it was For a pl- But he didn't, it didn't count. That's true. Yeah, it did not count. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot yeah, that it didn't count for touchdown. Didn't count. But uh, well, then they got the yeah. offensive lineman touchdown like that. Yeah, they were just they running. Had, they got just... the thick six. Same thing over in the Bills game. I'm sure we'll talk about that clowning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thick six over there when you start involving the tackles. Oh. Uh, you know, or the the, the big guys throwing touch, catching the touchdown passes. It's uh in a playoff game. It's a wrap for you. Just a lack of respect. Zero respect. The the and 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 I the vaunted Steelers defense, the vaunted Steelers defense, which isn't as good as you think it is, has now given up forty points in their last three playoff games. They gave up forty-two at home to the Jags. They gave up forty-eight at home to the Browns last year, and they gave up what forty-two last night to the Chiefs. Like mm-hmm. they, <laughs> I mean, what's going on? They are they they they're in some turmoil there. And I I was cooking up this take last night. I don't even think T.J. Watt's the best defensive player on their team. 
Uh, don't tell me you're going to go with Minka Fitzpatrick. No, Cam Hayward. Yeah, it's going to be my second guy. Well, a lot of there's so the uh, the the smart guys amongst the uh, Twitter football Twitter fingers say that TJ Watt has as much success as he does because of Cam Hayward. I think it's very true. If you watch them a lot, like he does all the dirty work and then TJ Watt comes in and cleans up. Yeah, man. No, I, I that's I probably it's probably the case. You know, that's why you see a lot of guys uh go over to LA and they find a lot of success when they start playing alongside uh uh Aaron Donald and you know that's happened numerous times with uh with defensive tackles that are just so overpowering that the defensive ends or sometimes the edge linebackers uh you know kind of get the uh kind of get the the shine because the the middle is sucking up so much so much uh, focus yeah he's a menace there all right let's can let's continue in the AFC we'll start with the Raiders and Bengals that game you want to talk about a team like the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot with penalties, a team that shot themselves in the foot with, with penalties yesterday was, or on Saturday were the Raiders. hundred percent. Ever I saw this from a tweet from Roger Sherman. He said that if every offensive lineman gets a holding call, it's like a free sandwich thing. When you get a free sandwich, you get a free holding call. Like, you know, you get the, the, yeah, you, right. you go to yeah. a place 10 times, you get a free sandwich. If everybody on three offensive linemen gets a holding call, you you get to hold for free without a penalty. I actually I thought that was pretty funny. I don't hate it. Um, but they just shot themselves in the foot all the time with penalties. Like how many good runs did they have? Oh, there's a holding call. Like I, all of that. The Bengals played pretty solid. Jamar Chase was great as usual. Earl was pretty good, but I just thought I thought that was more of like the Raiders, the Raiders playing poorly than like the Bengals playing great. Oh, a hundred percent was, and, and you know they ended up making it uh, closer than it than it probably. Well, they had a chance to end. win. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And so uh, the, the the Raiders that was that's the Raiders that you kind of expect or have come to expect. Uh, you know, over the last few years, obviously they had a nice run this season with all the turmoil that their franchise went through. Basaccia, you know, able to keep that thing together for as long as he did. Uh, but that was kind of the Raiders performance and even kind of the Derek Carr performance that you're used to. When I when I when you used to come listen to the show and you'd hear the Derek Carr slander from myself, that was the performance that I, that, uh, you know, I was speaking of that I was talking of. Uh, now, a lot, a lot of it can't be put on him. And there's a tons. There's a quite a few passes that uh, should have been caught Deshaun Jackson. I don't know. Ugh. I mean, why is that guy still in the league? I get I it. He's know. fast, but. You still got to catch the ball. I mean, there's tons of guys that can run a four three four at this point, or four three forty at this point, and can probably still catch the ball. He can't do that. He can run in a straight line, and literally that is it. Uh, Darren Waller having him back out there was huge for the Raiders, but yeah, they just couldn't get it done, couldn't get it going. And uh, you know, the Bengals, hey, look, credit to them. You, you can only play who you can play, and they they put up a decent performance, a good enough performance to uh, to uh, get out of there with the victory. But you know, I don't know that they necessarily had the biggest. Uh, you know, the biggest roadblock in, in their way. No. And they almost bangled it up at the end. Yeah. They almost did the true bangle thing. And look, Derek Bungle. Carr once he, he, I, I had a tweet ready to go. If Derek Carr would have let him in a comeback when he was more clutch than Jordan. Um, I had to hold, I have to hold that one on for next year, but, uh, he let him there. And then the final game in the AFC total clowning, um, the bills just, Literally get every single yard possible. The first time ever it's happened in an NFL game where the offense has gotten every single yard possible. Seven touchdowns on eight drives. They took a knee on the last one. But every single yard they could have got, they got. 
which was an amazing performance. I didn't understand why the line was so small. I think you were in agreement on that, too. Yeah. We saw the teams play a couple weeks ago, and the Bills dominated them. Everybody thought about that windy game when it's 35-mile-an-hour wins. Oh, my God, the Patriots. The Patriots lost three out of four down the stretch. They didn't beat a good team. They feasted on a bunch of bad teams in the middle of the season and played ahead. Mac Jones can't play from behind. Like, everything that if people would have looked at it instead of just being – struck by the, oh, it's Belichick in the playoffs. It's Belichick in the playoffs. Like, Tom Brady's gone. If you look past that, it would have been pretty easy to see that the Bills were clearly the better team. And now, look, I don't think anybody saw them putting up 49 points and just absolutely shithousing them. But that was a great performance. And I think the biggest thing is, all right, no, I got something on Mac Jones after this, but that was just a great performance for the Bills. And it was almost like I was talking to my dad about this when the Browns beat the Steelers in the playoffs last year. I know the Bills won a playoff, two playoff games and went to the AFC Championship game last year. But when there's a team that beats you for so long and you're able to do that in the playoffs, like you're able to take out still so much frustration, like it's a fun like that, it means more than their two playoff wins last year, I would think. I mean, the way they won, yeah, probably. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's it's like a nice monkey off your back of, uh, you know, kind of getting over the, like you said, the, 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 when the big brother and the little brother fight and all of a sudden the little brother is able to, uh, to, you know, outmuscle the big brother, the big brother all of a sudden doesn't want to fight anymore. Doesn't want to play one-on-one anymore. Cause he realizes, Hey, you know what? Now I'm not as dominant as I used to be, or I can't, uh, I can't have my way with him the way I used to. Yeah. But what I was going to say about Mac Jones, if you saw him in the pregame warmups and what he was wearing in pregame warmups, you should have bet the whole life savings on the, on the bills. There's Why? no way a quarterback could dress like that and play well in cold weather. And I think that's <laughs> seriously, he just had, he had he, the only part of skin that was showing were his, I don't even know if you are skin, your eyes, that's your eyes, like mm-hmm. the skin around your eyes, not even the, like you see a guy dressed like that. There's no way the guy's able to perform well in a game. I'm sorry. Like I, and he's in a cold weather he's going to have to adjust to it. Like that's, I think I know I'm probably being like overreactive guy, but like, that's a problem going forward. If, if he's dressing like that in every cold weather game, I don't trust him to win any single cold weather game ever. He's a Florida guy. What do you want? You know what I mean? He's, he hasn't quite, uh, he hasn't quite established himself as a cold weather guy. I don't know if you saw the clip of him sitting there next to Josh McDaniels and he was breathing and, uh, he, you know, he could see his breath and then all of a sudden his focus went from what it looked like in the video his focus went from whatever Josh, Josh McDaniels is talking about to just, you know, when little kids can see their breath and they pretend they're smoking, that's what it looked like he was doing, which was pretty funny. I, it was funny, but I'm telling you, I don't trust that guy in any this January or December game of the temperatures below 32 degrees right yeah. now. Um, but I mean, look, that was, that was a dominating performance. And I, you got to wonder is, uh, is, uh, Bill Belichick, the de facto defensive coordinator going to throw his son under the bus. Who's got the head is got the title of defensive coordinator who gets thrown under the bus because we all know Bill is the defensive guy. Yeah. Um, but it was always good to see the, uh, Always good to see the Patriots get down, taken, put that fraud, put that fraud tag on there. And look, the Eagles, the other game, the Eagles, I, th- none of us thought the Eagles were good this year. Jalen Hurts is, I don't think a very good quarterback. And they no. got, they got embarrassed yesterday um, by the Bucks, which I would say is uh, expected. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I thought it was gonna be a little bit closer. Uh, you know, and they they had a chance to cover there at the end. That, that's all I was really worried about. Which is um, ridiculous that they had a chance to cover. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but yeah, the Eagles they are they're in a lot of turmoil right now just because, like you said, Jalen Hurts is definitely not the guy. I think they might have a shot with Garner Minshew, but they got to make that roster a little bit better. They don't have a shot with Garner Minshew. I think they have a better. I think he's a better passer than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is gonna make the plays with his legs for sure. But uh, and there's I mean. Tons of deep balls that Jalen Hurts could have hit guys, and he just overthrows yeah. them by about five or seven yards. Um, so yeah, they 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 had no business even keeping it uh, as close as they did, and it was still a double digit loss. But yeah, that game went just about as we uh, we expected it. They also have three first round picks, so they could package a bunch of all of them, two of them, to try and get a quarterback, a better quarterback. So yeah, they should. Yeah, they ship should be. Jalen Rager off too. You don't matter oh. where he goes. Get get anything you can for him. Boy, that was a tough scene from him yesterday. Especially, I mean, I know it's been beaten into the ground, but the whole him and Justin Jefferson yeah. thing, uh, you know, like him playing bad is, you know, stinks. But when Justin Jefferson goes out there and sets like a rookie record and then a sophomore record for most yards in his first two years, like that hurts. Yeah. No, no pun intended. That's tough. It's tough for sure. Like that's, and when the Vikings are laughing at you, when they're laughing yeah. at you for taking, um, when they're laughing at you for taking Jalen Rager and those guys got fired. Yeah. Like that's, that's a tough, I mean, that's hard to recover from. That is hard to, but Hey, they made the playoffs and I, and Sirianni in his first year, I know they didn't beat anybody, but I still think that that's, they, they got off to a bad start and they turned it around. Like that's still something to hold your hat on. I know that's not what the Eagles fans wanted, but I don't think anybody thought they were going to make the playoffs this year. And they did. That's not, that's not something to sneeze at, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah, the 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 whole like I saw this, but the whole expanding like the expanding the college football playoff, like we've expanded the NFL. Now we've had two years, like no number seven seed has has won. I mean, you get like I know it comes in waves of teams, but like the seven seeds aren't very good. So like I I like the extra game, but. Something's got to give sometime here with with uh, we got to get some better teams in the seventh seed. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's not like you had teams that were 11 and five missing the playoffs. Yes. If that was the case, like, OK, fine, then definitely. I think last year there was, though, in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah. Might have been. Or 10 and six missed it. Um, but uh, see, even even 10 games, like I guess it's still a decent record. Um, but you know, if you had teams that were winning, like I said, 11, 12 games, especially now with the 17 game season, um, you know, it would make a little bit more sense, but when you're sneaking in at uh, nine and eight or whatever, then that's when you really like, there should be a threshold, you know, you know how you have to win six games to be bowl eligible. You should yeah. have to win, make it double digit. You got to win 10 games to be playoff eligible. All and right. If you don't do that, if you don't do that, then you just take the top six teams or the team just gets to buy until whatever yeah um, something something like that all right it's interesting interesting all right i think that's it for us um we talked on the sony open your big win or the matsuyama win yep. and uh, the playoffs Great. golf guy rye that's what they call me golf, <laughs> yeah, guy, golf rye. guy rye um we'll be back on thursday with more picks i went i had three and zero on my picks that i gave out um you could call it two and zero in game of the years Game of the year, game of the centuries, whatever. Um, so I'll have to see if I'm more confident and uh, what what lines I 
I I like from this week. How'd you do in your picks this week? Uh, two in I think either two and two or three and two. I forget. But uh, gotcha. the, the 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 Raiders and the Eagles were definitely my two losses. Uh, I had the 49ers. Um, I can't remember if I took the Chiefs. I'm pretty sure I took the Chiefs minus 13. Uh, so that was uh, and then the Bills. All right. So pretty good week for us here. We'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs>